We're part of the Fired Up Sports Network of shows. Please check out other Fired Up Sports Network podcasts like the P-Lot Pod, What a Cooler Talk, Bell Smashers, Philly Sports Love and Pain, Drunk on Broad, Beer Battered Sports, and the Fired Up Sports Show, which are available on all major podcasting hosting sites and social media. Also, check out Mark Ramos Ramos Roundup on FiredUpSports.com, which breaks down the happenings going on with all your favorite local teams. Episode 140, drunk on the fightings this morning. Eric, at least we got a win. It's been a rough couple of weeks, but it, it, it's uh, it's good to have them back on the winning side of the ledger. Um, talk to me. Yeah, it's been, uh, like you said, at least we got the win. It was an ugly win, but a win is a win. Um, and, you know, you got, I guess we'll take it. But, uh, you know, the, the Brave series, you, you know, I don't think anyone was really expecting us to win that series. I mean, we had the chances, though. Like, the chances were right. there, just the, the constant meltdowns uh, with, with the bullpen, or then the pitching goes well and the hitting goes. Again, the Braves are, like, on another level right now. So that series, it is what it is. I, yeah. I, I'm not, I wasn't actually overly upset about that. I was more upset the way they lost some of those games. Um Last night, I mean, the way the Cardinals have been, they've been a little better of late, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with, that's a team you, you expect to beat. And they put up runs early. And, you know, Nola didn't pitch well again, uh, but the defense didn't do much to help him out either. Um, so there was just, it, it was just an ugly game all around. Um, confused as to why Kimbrell came in the eighth instead of the ninth there. Um, so, and I, I got the guys, only one. I, I went to bed before Rob Thompson's press conference, so I uh, I didn't listen to see if anyone even even said anything about that. But yeah, it's it's just been weird. Um, you know, two more games. I, I like our schedule going forward, though. You know, we got three more in Atlanta, which is going to be tough. But watch, that's going to be a series. You know, the Phillies will end up winning two or three or something like that. So you never know. Um, yeah. And then we'll probably you know craft the bet against the Mets in a game or two, which is going to piss everyone off going into going into you know the potential postseason here but that's just you know it's Phillies baseball in September so what else can you expect right yeah listen um let's talk about the Braves for a second because we got a we got a heavy dose of you know what could be on the horizon I feel like there's an inevitable convergence of those two teams kind of like we saw with the Eagles and the Chiefs like we saw the that matchup coming um we saw the Sixers Celtics series from a mile away I feel like this playoff series is kind of destined to be there. Um, The only hope to not face them is that by some, you know, miracle, you know, there's a team like the Dodgers that, you know, gets hot right at the right time and maybe, you know, has the opportunity to take them out. But it's like, good God, it was like bad. It it, it felt like batting practice. Um, And it felt like, you were constantly in games where no no lead is ever safe with them. No pitch is ever safe with them because they were hitting balls out of the park. They were hitting me like most of those were meatballs, but they were hitting pitches that were like shouldn't have been strikes. And, you know, got Matt Olson. Matt Olson launched a couple into the atmosphere that I feel like are still going. Their power is really impressive up and down the lineup. I mean, you saw even power coming from the bottom of their lineup. The Braves are having a historically great season at the plate. I just, I feel like if there's a team that can match that in these playoffs, 
it's the Phillies because they have the potential in their lineup. If everybody's hitting on all cylinders, you could be solid, you know, at this rate, one through seven, right? If you've got, you know, some combination of Rojas and Pache and Marsh at the end of the lineup, you you got some guys that can get on base, but you got a lot of power and a lot of run driving in ability at the beginning of the lineup. If there's a team that can go toe to toe with them at the, at the plate, it's the Phillies, the back end of the bullpen. That's a totally different conversation. Yeah. And you're, you're right. I mean, there's no, there's no gaps in that Braves lineup. I mean, you're just watching those games. It's like, okay, I don't really like, there's, there's not one person who's going to, um, you know, be an easy, easy out in that lineup. Like you said, they're never put away. Uh, the only thing you can hope, though, is that the rotation picks it back up, and that—that's what the Phillies need to do to actually, you know, stifle that 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 lineup a little bit. Um, and right now, it's like, you know, we, we saw this. The season has been fl- fluctuations. I just feel like with everything with the Phillies, like the beginning of the year, we're basically up until what the middle, up to the All Star break or so, the offense was yeah. pretty much non-existent. Right, the pitching carried us up till basically through August. Um, until the lineup started turning it around. Then the right. lineup was on a torrent hot streak through August. Uh, and there's still, you know, the offense still looks pretty good most nights. Um, you know, you don't feel like there's uh, that inevitable, like, oh, okay, we got this part of the lineup coming up. We know we're done. Um, almost right. kind of make everyone has been somewhat making things happen, right? Uh, top to bottom. So uh, you feel good about that. The, my biggest concern right now is is the pitching which is a shame to say because you know i don't think we are where we are if the pitching didn't do what they did in the beginning of of the season so yeah, you're not wrong yeah like i don't know if they're gassed or or what it is but you know the the bullpen looks shaky except for jeff hoffman um which is wild yeah I mean, I mean just look at his stuff is just so so dirty like he's he's Actually, I, I don't know like how they want to work him in that high leverage situations because you don't really know how he's going to pitch in those situations because he's never really – he hasn't really done it. But when you have got like Sir Anthony's – he's been super, super shaky. Um, I almost think you got to put Hoffman into a high leverage situation before, you know, before the postseason seat. Can, can he handle that spot? But anyway, yeah. the, 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 the rotation outside of Wheeler – and, you know, Wheeler even got – hit by the Braves the other day. Uh, right. Hasn't looked great. Ranger had a good start out last time. Hopefully he can compound and capitalize on that today against, uh, you know, a, a pretty bad uh, St. Louis team. Uh, Chris Sanchez, like, I, I mean, Walker and Nola, I, I just, I, you can't really rely on them right now. And I feel, you know, it's one of those situations where, you know, Thompson came out on WIP on, on his Wednesday morning interview this, um, mm-hmm. this week and basically said that his ideal rotation in a, you know, in a, best of seven series would be would be Wheeler, Nola, uh Ranger, and Walker. I'm like okay. I don't really have any other um any other options, but I mean you I, you, you give Sanchez a look. I mean he's actually been he, he's been consistent. I don't know how he does in a playoff scenario, but I mean he's he's been consistently good all season. You know what I mean? Whereas Walker looks shaky now, Nola looks shaky now. Um mm-hmm. you know you can't really rely on these guys in, in, a, in a dire situation. I hope that it's just, it's something that will kind of work itself out and they eventually just get there. But I, that that's the part that scares me right now is, is, is our rotation going against good offensive teams. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to combine what you were saying with what Chip is saying in the comments. So mm-hmm. right. Wheeler, the consistency you have, he has to be game one. Yeah. Um, if it's me, like I like chips here in here talking about Ranger getting back into that stride. I would almost want to go right, left, right. Instead of going right, right. And go Wheeler, Nola, maybe go Wheeler, Ranger, Nola, just to mix it up just a little bit. But Christopher Sanchez to me has to be the guy. That's like the guy in waiting for Nola. Yes. Like, He's got like on the days that Nola is pitching, Ranger has to be the guy that is like on call. Like the second that things get dirty, you take him out, you bring Christopher Sanchez in. Because in a game, in a playoff game, 
you can't afford those implosions, especially in, in those high leverage situations. And some of those high leverage situations in the playoffs are going to be earlier on in, in, mm-hmm. in the games. You know, you could have a, you know, if you have a blow, if you blow up the third inning, you know, and you let the Braves mess around and put six up on the board, you know, they've got the firepower to then, you know, hold that six run lead. This lineup, right. And Chip's also in here talking about the lineup, right. The lineup mm-hmm. is good. I love the lineup. You know, the rotation is not, I feel like it's not nearly as consistent as it was this time last year, even though the play on the field, we were still kind of like iffy. I feel like this was right around the time last year, you know, that they had when they had that series in Washington, that they looked like the wheels fell off and it looks like it looked like the playoffs were like a far, far distant memory of being able to try to get back there. I, I love this idea though, of being able to get somebody in waiting. There has to be somebody there because I look at Nola has not been anything close to what he was in the playoffs last year. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny that you mentioned about this timing and everything last year. I mean, last year, this time, we're not even sure we make the playoffs, right? I mean, it is, we're not yeah, in a, right. in a wild card spot yet. I mean, we're, we're not far from it, but we're not definitely in. Right now, the, this, the way we're heading into the end of the season this year, we're at a much better advantage, right? Having that top wild card spot. And to your yeah. point, this team is it, it, overall, it's built better, right? There's more depth, especially in the pitching, where you can have guys like you don't, you don't have to worry about who's going to start those games. Last year, I mean, the fact that we had, um, we had Syndergaard and Bailey Falter having to start playoff games later, you know, that, that was an issue. Now, we have four guys who probably can do it. Plus, you then in a shorter series, like a, you know a wild card series and the uh, division series, where you may only need three starters. Um, you know, you have guys like Lorenzen, Ranger, and Sanchez who can kind of be that piggyback guy uh, to help out. Also, I like the idea of what you said. You know, having like having Sanchez or Ranger kind of being behind Nola in a situation because what that does then is it's going to flip that lineup, right? Because now they're going to be they're going to go lefty heavy probably. Uh, or at least plan to f- face a righty. Now you bring in a lefty that might switch it how they see things or uh, or make make early moves. So you know it, it, it's a game of strategy. You got to see what happens. I mean, hopefully it doesn't come to it. Hopefully Nola just automatically like finds out what, what's wrong. I'm not right, confident that, that's that happening. But I mean, he's 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 he has postseason experience. He pitched. He didn't pitch well in the um in the World Series last year, but he pitched well in the uh, Wild Card Series and Division Series. Other thing that kind of helps us here is that. Um, the way the playoffs are kind of structured is it, it kind of get built to give guys rest, right? So like you're gonna it, it helps mm-hmm. and hurts because you're gonna you know you don't play more than uh, really two or three games in a in a row, so you're gonna have guys like like if you, you can use your your high uh, you know high leverage relievers, you know two mm-hmm. games in a row, travel day, get the day, get give them a day off, ready to go again that that next day. So right. you know that that's that's good for us that we can do that. Um, but again, we're in a better spot this year, which is why, like, I'm not the, the, the rotations, obviously a question mark and, you know, pitching wins championships when you get into the playoffs. Right. I mean, you see it every year. Um, obviously you need offense, but what shut down pitching is what's going to win it. Um, and it, right now it's, it's inconsistent. So it's a little nerve wracking going into it, but we're in a good spot. Like I, people are sitting here worried about like, if we're going to make the playoffs or not, something horrible has to happen for for us to fall all the way out of those those spots um so i think we get in i don't know if we you know if we if we play crappy down the stretch we we might not hold on to that one spot though which is what we want because we saw last year what citizens bank park is like during the playoffs and uh you know you definitely want that atmosphere for opposing teams yeah listen having that atmosphere in the playoffs early on Right, because remember last year, right? They don't play a home game, a home playoff game, until the Brave series, right? So like, they had, and, and when I say the Brave series, they didn't play it until Game Three of that Brave series, right? So there was an extended wait until that home team, you know, until they play a game at home. Having the chance and the opportunity to be able to have a team coming off of that, you know, that play in Wild Card series, which I'm still not on on board with. I don't love the idea of like you play 162 games to play three. It's mm. better than the one-off, which yes. was horrible. 
Yeah. Um, but having the chance to have whatever team is going right now, right, right now you'd be looking at the Cubs and the and the Diamondbacks, right? So to have that home home field advantage for a team that's going to come off playing, you know, you know, two or three straight games is going to be huge in terms of how that plays out and how that team projects forward into that, you know, the, the opening of that playoffs. Um, but I, I love where they are. Right. So right now, right. They're sitting, you know, basically, you know, two and a half North of the Cubs. Right. And, you know, they're, they're three games up on the Diamondbacks. So for them to fall out to me, it just that you would, you would really have to have some kind of epic collapse in order for that to kind of translate to, you know, them being out of the playoffs. I, I, I don't think the lineup is there to be able to get. I, I don't think the lineup could let that happen. Let's just say that. Um, right, I mean, if we, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. You're good. I was just going to say, if we play like 500 baseball down the stretch, we're, we're probably in, right? I mean, all those other teams have to win so many games uh, or have a certain record for us to fall out or for us to even fall to that you know, th- third spot. So, but you don't want to play 500 baseball, right? Look at what the team did last year. Mm-hmm. They made the World Series not by being the best team in the NL, but by being the hottest team at the right time. Um, right. And that's kind of what I'm hoping for now. The way they came out of August, I'm like, this team is, they're, they're peaking right now, right? Everything was kind of clicking. September's been a little rougher specifically for the pitching. So you kind of maybe hope this is like that down period and you know they might struggle for a week or two and then pick mm-hmm. it back up at the right time. Like I'd rather struggle right now than next week or the following week, or obviously the following week, that's pretty much the playoffs. But um, right. you, if we're going to struggle, now's the time to do it. Get it, get it out of your system, get it fixed. Cause you, know, you don't want to have that happen. That last series, you don't want to go into the playoffs a bad series against the Mets on the road there. No, not at all. Right. And Chip, you're, you're firing away at the comments. I'm not sure where you are, but you definitely, definitely got the comments in check, but right. So Chip, you're, you're, you've been on this train for, you know, the better part of two, two and a half years, right. The Nola, there's no way after the season that he had that he can ask for, you know, that ACE type money. But he's going to get paid. But let's make no bones about it. There is, if it's not the Phillies, there is going to be some team out there that is going to write a giant check for him, regardless of what they think he is. They're going to bank on what they thought he was and what he can be moving forward. And on some team, right, he could go to another team and be a three or four and be a really good three or four. Um, I, I'm with you. In terms of like, I think it's time to maybe look at what are some other options outside of the organization. Um, I don't know what kind of production you're going to get, though. I don't know what that guy is going to be compared to what Nola might give you. But I do think for me, I've seen everything I need to see in terms of being able to say, I'm good looking elsewhere. The Yeah. It's it's definitely a tough spot because the um, starting pitching market is so thin. Urias was supposed to be out there, probably not happening now. Um, right. Otani's not going to pitch next year, right? Because of the right. Tommy John. Um, yep. And we don't know where he went. Did you see his locker was empty? Emptied last night. I did. So I that's did. I want to talk we, about we, that. we can touch on that. We can maybe we'll touch talk on that about a that bit, after but, commercial. Exactly. But uh, so we don't know what's what's happening there, right? So I mean. You're right. I, I don't know if it's going to be the Phillies. I don't know if it should be the Phillies. Um, but Nola is going to get a big paycheck just because of the fact that he is one of the only starting pitchers who has any track record of anything being uh, being on the market. I think if people temper their expectations with him, um, he, he's this year. No, this year has been, you know, kind of, you know, I almost put this kind of in like it's worse than. But remember Cole Hamill's 09 season after after the 08 World Series run? Hamels is yes. awful in 09. Yeah, I don't is. know if it's the same thing here. I, it might be, though. But Noel is having, a, 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 to me, a much worse season than he's had in years past. He's been inconsistent. And I, you know, the, the one word that, that, that Chip used there, incon- consistently inconsistent, it pretty much sums up his whole career, right? But yeah. there are certain things that he consistently does do, right? Eats innings. 
last three games, he's not doing that. That's what's that. That's the mm-hmm. stuff that starts kind of scare me, right? Where he's not getting the strikeouts. He's not eating innings now. Those are the things that he used to do. He used to limit base runners. His whip was always in the top, you know, 10 in, in baseball at the end of the season. Even though he'd give up, he'd give up runs, he was keeping guys off base. He's not doing right. that right now. But does he have another season where he's this bad? I think we've seen Aaron Nola bottom out. Now, the way the starting pitching market's going to be, you know, I don't pay him any more than 150, right? Um but you, I'm with you on that. So, but if he, if his, if his uh, market goes down a little bit, and we can get him at a couple of years with uh, a cheaper deal and view him more as a number three starter rather than because right. and the thing with with Nola that it was kind of unfortunate for his timing was he came up with the team when they stunk, so he was the ace, right? He had to be the ace because they didn't have another one until they signed Wheeler. So I think the right. expectations for Nola were always like ace level. But when he got drafted, I remember reading draft reports saying he's probably, you know, he, he's he's a, a low level number one starter or a number two starter. And I think for most of his career, he has been that number two starter. Um, this year, no, this year he has not been. But I yeah. think you know, there's a chance that he may rebound next year. And you know, if he gives you a you know high threes ERA and can still pitch his his amount of innings, maybe take a flyer. Only issue is those innings. I know people have also been talking about a lot of mileage on that arm now because he's been leading the league in innings or in the top five in innings pitched for the last like six or seven years. Yeah. So you, you don't know what's happening there. So it, it's, it's, it's a crapshoot either way. So I'm not really sure. Yeah, no. And you make a good point. The, the point that you make that I want to just kind of just come back to a little bit, right? That short-term deal, if that's a one-year, two-year deal, I'm okay with it. I'm not okay, you know, committing long term. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know what you have. Um, but I look at like the the signing this year when they go out and they get Taiwan Walker and they've got really good production out of him. Going outside of the organization, um, and let's not forget, right? We've got a couple of young arms that are like on the cusp of you know joining mm-hmm. this rotation. You know, if if it's a if it's a, the kind of thing where you can bolster the higher end of the rotation. And it slots him in that three, four, five slot. I'm cool with it. Um, but the the idea that he's a opening day, top of the rotation kind of guy, that's just not where he is. But the chain of events, as Shiv is saying, the chain of events that have happened, and when I say around him, around Major League Baseball, every time one of those free agent pitchers drops off, his his, his asking number goes up because – supply and demand right every time one of those guys is done and they're not going to pitch next year they're not going to be on the market or their their value on the market is not going to be nearly as much you're looking at an opportunity for him and i'm sure his agent is like frothing up the mouth going you know oh he's gone he's gone that number just keeps going up but it's all going to depend on what happens in free agency when he goes out and you know, could you be in a situation where you're not getting the phone calls that you thought you were going to get? So, you know, I'm curious. I'm curious to see where that is, right? But this is a topic we can revisit in the off season. You know, after uh, after there's a long red October run. Um, but Chip, go back to your one of your points, right? The the travel from East Coast to West Coast, right? That is paramount to be able to get that number one seed looking at the teams that potentially that they're battling with the, the need or the, the desire to play at home has to be paramount over anything. They, they're obviously not going to catch the Braves. Um, the Braves have obviously solidified that with, you know, by, by taking the division. So their focus has to solely be on not only getting, but maintaining that, that number one wild card slot and, the idea that one of those teams would have to, you know, ideally, right. If I'm, if I'm ideal, I'm looking at Arizona because Arizona would have to fly to Chicago, play at Chicago and then fly from Chicago to Philadelphia. So the, the, the ability of those teams to travel and have to travel definitely wears on teams and not being able to play at home until essentially what would be game three back in one of those two cities. I just I love where this team 
is and can be going into that stretch, right? Because what you saw in this last series in Atlanta, really, it, it, it puts a lot of questions in your mind as far as, like, do we really have the ability to hand this team a series loss, right? In seven games, can we beat this team four times? Um, the way that they battled in that series, I mean, you could make a case that there was an opportunity for them to win three or four. But the back end of the bullpen falls, right? The home runs just never stop. It's really going to be paramount that everybody's, you know, all, all everybody's on the same page in terms of what do we have to do to secure that number one seed? Yeah, exactly. Um, and honestly, so realistically, if we match up with them, it's probably going to be the division series, which is really only five. So if we beat them three times, that's really all we need. Um, that's what we did last year. And, that's true. You know, I, it, it, they'll, I they'll have about that. Home. What do you yeah. think about that real quick? Um, what are your thoughts? I, so, you know, I, I, I actually don't mind it. Um, I think it kind of it, it, it's a couple less games that they may have to play because um, you want your guys to be at their you know, you, you, they're going to be tired, right? They're going to be sore. They're going to be hurting by the time you get to the world series just from playing that many games anyway. So the division series to me is, I, I think it's, it's, it's fair. You're, you're, you're realistic. You're going to get your best matchups in, well, you theoretically should get your best matchups in the championship series and world series. So I'm okay with doing a five game series for that. Um, you know, it, the, the, I guess it's kind of weird to kind of remember which ones are which and everything like that, but mm-hmm. it, 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 it doesn't bother me. Okay. I mean, um, for me, the, obviously, right, baseball is a series game, right? So every time you go to a new city, you're playing three, four games. To me, once, like, I'm okay with the three-game series for those, essentially, what is the play-in series into the playoffs for those, you know, the, the second and third wildcard teams. But I think once the playoffs start, I think – even though it might not be to the Phillies' advantage this year, I really feel like the best way to get the best teams to advance is for every series to be a seven-game series. Like so, that that any of those division, like those those division games, the you know the NLCS, the World, like all of those series, to me, you get because you could get a team that's hot, right? Look at the Phillies last year, right? You look at a team that's hot, and you can you can. All you got to do is, you know, get hot right at that right time. And if you, if you, you know, maximize that opportunity right at that beginning of that five game series, right. All the Phillies had to do last year was flip that one game in, in Atlanta and it changed the whole trajectory of the series. So if, you know, if it were me, right. But listen, major league baseball, we know that they're not going to make any decisions that help them at all. They're going to, they're going to constantly make decisions that are going to, you know, make fans frustrated. Um, I don't know. Just a thought, just the, you know. Yeah. I wouldn't have any issue if they went to a seven game uh, division series, I would have no problem with it. Just more baseball. So I'd be okay either way. I'm just saying, I don't have a problem with like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to blame a loss or anything like that on the fact that it's only a five game series. Cause theoretically it's an advantage, right? Uh, Especially for for the Phillies when the back end of your rotation struggling a little bit, throwing out less pitchers for us helps. Um, but, and I really think around baseball, that's kind of the case. I mean, there's so many rotations that uh, I just think we, and we talked about it before with Nola, so I'm not going to you know beat a dead horse here, but starting pitching is just so thin around major league baseball. So I think every team's kind of in a similar boat, but, uh, yeah. And that'll be one of those topics I'm sure. Cause you know, baseball would like those two extra games. I'm sure getting, getting more ticket sales, getting more, uh, TV deals. Uh, but it, the, it'd be coming to the players union. Are they going to want to? Play. I mean, again, realistically, it may not even be two more games. It may be though. So, I, it, you know, it is what it is. I'm okay with the five games. I'd be okay with the seven game. Just, yeah. Just, uh, I just love playoff baseball. So, whatever it is, uh, I'll watch. Listen, there's, there's, there's nothing like playoff games, mm-hmm. right? And and I feel like any sport, right? But especially in baseball, you know, it's kind of it's every pitch, every every scenario, every. Base hit, error, hope, everything is just magnified like tenfold. It is. And you see games that can either, you know, get away from teams real early and then you know, it kind of sets the tone for the whole series. Um, and then you see games like last year, um, 
Like I remember standing in my kitchen watching the that game in in St. Louis, where you know, they looked like lethargic all through that game, and then all of a sudden the ninth inning hits, and it's just like hit after hit after hit after hit, and it was like, and then from there on there was no doubt. Up until that point, it looked like all right. Well, you know, it'll be nice if they win a game, but that whole tone of that series flipped on one at bat. And it just, it's, it's the kind of thing that you just love. I just love the idea of the playoffs and this team and this stadium in the playoffs. Like that was just electric last year. It was an incredible environment. Um, And I really would love to get the Braves back. Yeah. It would would be, be able to play them again and beat them again. That'd be great. Speaking of that Cardinals game, um, after the Braves series, a um, little down in the dumps about what was going on. So I went back and actually watched that uh, Cardinals game you were referring to just to, you know, boost the spirits a little bit. And uh, yeah. it, and like you said, one little, any little thing that happens makes such a big difference, right? And the one that – obviously the Segura hit was kind of the thing that everyone remembers. But boom, wearing that inside pitch at, with the bases loaded and then like – you know, getting up, clapping. Just he's like, "Hey, I just got hit by a baseball, but you know, I'm going to clap because I just I, I kept this inning going, right?" And I think that was right. really the catalyst for it. He doesn't get hit there. You don't know what happens. So, um, yeah, they just kept. Then they just kept getting hit. So the momentum swung their way, and that's exactly what you need in playoff baseball. You just need momentum to go your way, uh, and that's what makes it so much fun to watch. Oh God, it's incredible. But listen, they've got so they're going to play right. They're going to finish up this series in St. Louis, and then you know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday they go to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to play the next you know. They play the next two – well, this series and the next series on the road. Um, if you had to get what, – what do you what, – what would you say is ideal for them in terms of what you're looking for in this series in Atlanta? Um, so, assuming, hoping we take two of three at least in St. Louis, I'm not expecting to win more than one game in Atlanta. So, I think if we can finish up this road series, split it, 3-3, three, three, I'd be okay with that. We're not really, okay. we're, we're not probably losing a lot of ground because the Cubs are, are scuffling right now, but they were so hot. Every time we were winning, they were winning. Every time we were losing, they were losing, but now they've lost a couple games. We've gained a couple back on them. I think three, three, especially when you get to the Braves, especially on the road, it's going to be a tough series. But like I said, at the beginning of the show, this is, that's one of those series where I could actually see this team, you know, go on and win two or three in Atlanta and then lose two or three at home to the Mets or something stupid like that, because that's just what the Phillies do in September. But, you know, I, I'd be okay with, with, with splitting uh, the road series or obviously anything better would be, would be a bonus, but yeah. So here's right before we go to a commercial, what I thought when I, when I hit, when I'm listening to you, my thought on this is not necessarily win or loss. I just want them to put doubt in the Braves. I want them to, put themselves in opportunities to have the Braves question whether or not they can really take this series. Cause I feel like the Braves came in and did that in Philadelphia. They came in and left no doubt that they were a more dominant team. Um, and I saw that in the players. I saw that in how they carried themselves, you know, when they're trotting around the home runs, when, when they're celebrating in the, you know, on the field, when, they they came in with the intention that like we're gonna leave no doubt that this team is not capable of beating us. I feel like you have to go into Atlanta and do the same thing. But I don't necessarily think it's about wins and losses. And the other thing is right now, Atlanta is not gonna play another meaningful game until the playoffs. That's a long layoff for them to not have not, – not that I think that they're just – right, they're not just going to start packing it in. But there's a lot of that, – that baseball karma comes back at you when, you know, you're not, you're not in it to win it every day versus mm-hmm. a team that is, you know, really fighting hard to, you know, not just make it in the plus but, like, solidify their ground. Because I feel like the Phillies, right, they're going to play meaningful games probably through the end of September. Maybe not all the way. They're going to have a couple of games, I feel like, at the end where they've already solidified that number one that number one seed. But 
that Braves team, I feel like they have the dynamic personalities that maybe could potentially get complacent and then try to flip a switch when the playoffs start and not maybe know where that switch is. Yeah, the only meaningful thing they still have to play for is the number one in the division. Uh, It's not there yet. They have like – I just did the math real quick, and it's about a a six-and-a-half game uh, lead over the Dodgers in that regard. So likely they're going to clinch that Mm -hmm. probably by by next weekend, I would think. Um, So, yeah, you're right. That last week of the season, last week and a half of the season – those guys are your the intensity level is going to drop, right? Uh, so that that does that does help a little bit. And I think that yeah, we saw it with the postseason last year. And you know, I'm never going to say don't try to win a division because you get that because you do <laughs> the buy is nice. But right. there is something about baseball where a long layoff isn't always a good thing, right? Especially if you're 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 coming in the playoffs hot. The Braves, if they're coming in the playoffs hot, now they have to sit out those five days or whatever it is for the uh, wild card series. Plus, whenever whatever it is to start, like they're that's a long, long time to not play. Uh, and you know, you could simulate games or whatever you want and practice all you want. It's not the same thing. Right. So you're right. I, I, there's there's definitely things where I think the Phillies are. Yeah, you know, they, they could still go up against the Braves. We saw it in um in this last series, right? We we talked about it to open the show. They had a chance to win probably three of those games. The only one they really didn't was the the last game of the series. So I think doing that alone. You know, if, if the bullpen just keeps them in it, you know, the, the Phillies were beating up on their, their back end of the bullpen. I think that's something that that probably scared them a little bit, except freaking Brad Hand. He's the only guy we couldn't we, we couldn't touch, um, which was a little bit disappointing. But uh, everyone else, you know, they got to Iglesias. Um, they got to Minter a little bit. So, like, there's – they can do it. And I think that might have – you know, hopefully did do that. Now, going to Atlanta, you're right. If we can, you know, battle that series and make it not easy for them, then yeah, that might instill a little uh, a little doubt in the Braves there if, if they have to face the Phillies in the division series. I love it. Well, listen, on the back end of the commercial, we're going to talk a little Bryce Harper, a little Shohei Otani, a little Mike Trout, and a little Robo Ump conversation. Von C. Brewing Company is a 20-barrel, 16,000-square-foot microbrewery with a 2,500-square-foot tasting room, including a spacious outside beer gardens in Norristown, PA, in the heart of Montgomery County. The Von C. family is part of the family that started C. Schmidt and Son Brewing in 1860. Stop in Wednesday through Sunday and taste a variety of draft and 16-ounce cans of originally brewed beer and tell them the Drunk on Broad crew sent you. Vonsi Brewing is located at 1210 Stenbridge Street, Suite 300 in Norristown. Cheers! Team Clicks are the only glasses for real sports fans. With interchangeable arms you can support all of your favorite teams or even make and create custom options as well. These die-hard sports fans have realized that sports fans needed something other than face paint to show their love and passion for their teams. Go to teamclicks.com slash D-O-B and show your love for your hometown team. La Torrance curated collection of men's and women's watches is a perfect investment that lasts for years to come and fits perfectly with your every outfit and style. Our range of classic watches aren't just a great perfect formal and casual accessory, but a time machine that takes you back to memories. Explore our collection of timeless watches that can reflect your taste, personality, and personal style. Our exclusive collection of carefully curated affordable luxury watches is what you need to make a personalized style statement. You can take pride in your prized possession, handing it over to the next generations as your most loved asset that they can also own and display with the same pride. These high quality pieces stand the test of time, giving exceptional value and return on your investment. Go to lock-touring.com and use code DOB at checkout and get 10% off. If you're looking for unique sports apparel, check out Streaker Sports. They've dug deep into the archives and have brought back some incredible defunct team logos and have even created entire defunct league collections. They also have collections paying homage to sports culture including the Miracle on Ice, Slapshot, Kadishak, the Mighty Ducks, and even have a license with Wiffle Ball and USA Hockey. 
Only for drunk on broad listeners, use code broad at checkout to get 10% off anything at streakersports.com. Again that's 10% off anything at streakersports.com with discount code broad. We're back. Eric, we're going to go a little rapid fire here. Talk to me about Bryce Harper because Bryce Harper does anything and everything to be that guy that always comes in in those clutch moments, right? And there's a there's a meme going around our friends over at the Drunk Phil's fans, right? They've got the, the picture of the, the, the car pedals, right? And Bryce Harper's face is always on the clutch. Really just comes up in those really monumental moments and – I saw you, you had put something on, on a Twitter or X or whatever it's called. You got you know, these, these opportunities for these monumental home run moments are being squandered and wasted by the bullpen. He's just, he embodies everything that this fan base wanted in a, in a player and really glad to be able to have him and, and have him for the next you know decade. But talk to me about, about Bryce Harper. I mean, yeah, clutch is is the word that describes him, right? I mean, when I, it's it's it, the Bryce Harper arc in Philadelphia has has kind of been funny to look at because I know when he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, I'm like, oh, I hate this kid. Like, who, who does he think he is and everything? He's on the Nationals. You know, he was kind of a yeah, yeah, he was a punk when he was when he first got in the league, right? He he, you know, remember Hamels hit him with the pitch and everything. Papelbon yep. tried to choke him out or whatever. But I want to see Bryce now. Looking back, I'm like, wait, I I actually hated Papelbon more than I hated Bryce, but at the time I was like, eh, whatever. But um. It's true. Yeah. So Harper, though, and it's funny, I actually remember saying I, I went to we went to a Phillies. My wife and I went to a Phillies game and I was taking a, it was what it was Harper's last season with the Nationals. And I took a picture of uh, of him and I'm like, he's going to be a Philly next year. And so at that point, it was funny, even the stadium like wasn't doing him anymore. He went out to the plate. It was uh, you, know, you could tell Philadelphia was trying to already like lure him in. And what I mean. It, 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 it's really been franchise altering. It's to the, you know, I know everyone's kind of comparing it to when the Phillies signed Jim Tomey. Um, but look what he's done. He's brought, he's brought other guys in. Uh, you know, he started the whole resign JT campaign, which, you know, it, it, he's still a good catcher. He's struggled a little bit. But he's still a good catcher. Um, so what he offers to this team is more than just, you know, what he does in the field, but what he does on the field is, is, is incredible. I mean, ever since, you know, the, the first big moment was really that walk-off grand slam against the Cubs, right? Back in back in yeah. uh, 2019. That was like the first big moment where we saw Bryce. Um, but there's been so many other ones. And then, you know, the most, most recent was Bedlam at the Bank prior to, you know, all the ones that, have, that started happening this season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, every time he's up in a spot, I'm just like, is he going to do it? And he, the answer is almost like pretty much yes. <laughs> he just yeah. does it. Like, and it's like, been so like fun that, to watch. That – you know, the, the 300 home run, mm-hmm. right. That, you know, good God, like that place could not have been more electric. And then right. That league gets squandered. Um, but he's always there. He's always, he, and if I had advice for any, any athlete that's coming into play in the city, if you do your best and you give effort and you hold yourself accountable, this city will love you. And he does that exponentially. But he's also simultaneously in the top 10 of best players in the game, too. So, like, to have both of those dynamics and the the point that you make about what he brings on an ancillary level, on the outside of the – outside of the – in between the lines. Those guys are not coming here if it's just the Phillies. They're coming here to be part of an organization with Bryce Harper, right? So, you – you got guys that are coming in, right? That, you know, Real Muto was a trade, right? But Castellanos mm-hmm. comes here as a free agent. You know, Trey Turner's coming here as a free agent. There, there are Schwarber, guys yeah. that want to Schwarber, right? Those guys are all here because they want to be part of that. And you, you know, look at the contract with Trey Turner, right? It's, it's not a, not a. I don't even know what the word is. It's, it's, it's not a misnomer that like he, he had opportunities to go other places and make more money. So mm-hmm. like you look at what he brings. He just embodies everything that would put him on the, uh, on the same level as some of those, you know, those 08 guys, right. Your, your, your Howard, your Utley's, your Hamels, you know, your Jimmy Rollins, 
but also in that same echelon, you know, with, you know, Mike Schmidt, like one of the you know, best third basements to play in the game. The fact that he's here and, and the, the best quote was, you know, a couple months ago when he was like, I wish I had the opportunity to play my whole career here, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was cool because it was simultaneously was a shot at the nationals. Um, and then there was, a, there was a picture that was right below it, which was like, it was him and Juan Soto and Trey Turner, like all those guys on the nationals. And the fact that like they had that core group together and couldn't keep them together, you know, really, really does make it feel a little bit better too. Yeah. It speaks a lot to it. Right. Cause I mean, you had the nationals who could have had seriously one of the best cores in baseball. Right. And none of them are left. Uh, Harper has also held the organization accountable, right? Like when he came in, he said, I want to be, I want, I want to bring in players. I want all this stuff for Philadelphia. Right. And he's the, the uh, Dabrowski Middleton, Middleton's up in his, up in his check, checkbook, right? Because Harper's big. Yeah. He's putting his money where his mouth is. He's he's following up on it. They, they made it to the playoffs. You made a good point, getting Trey Turner here. The Padres offered him more money, and he decided to come come here. So it's like the, Bryce is holding the organization accountable. People are coming to play here. Fans are back in the seats. You know, it, it was funny, Harper, in the uh, a couple weeks ago, I think it was after right around the 300th home run, you know, he made, everyone always talks about, Harper pandering to to Philadelphia fans, right? And he even said he's like everyone says I pander. He's like, but I really mean it. Like I, he genuinely likes playing here, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you know, no, his play aside, obviously he's 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 been great, but just the way that you know the organization has backed up what they said they were going to do. Um, it's been they've been successful. They've been going out and getting players. They're not just standing by like they used to do. And Bryce Harper has a huge impact on that. Listen, I'm here for the pandering. I'm here for it all. Oh, absolutely. Give it to me. <laughs> um, yeah, the everything from the cleats to the headbands to yep. you know, the the way that he, you know, acknowledges the fan base and acknowledges the investment that the fan base has made. Mm-hmm. I got nothing. Like I got nothing but nothing but fantastic things to say about him. And to yep. speak about, right? So let's let's talk about that 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 pocketbook maybe open that wallet would open up just a little bit. You're talking about two angels that within the last couple of weeks, there's been some kind of groundswell that they could potentially move on from, you know, both Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, whether they want to or not. Yeah. I mean, going from talking about the Phillies being like a wanting to win organization and being like a, a good organization going out there to being just like a, crap run organization like how do you have those two guys do absolutely nothing and 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 don't even like don't try to make anything better the stupid thing they did at the trade deadline where they were buyers and they went and got everyone and they're like actually we're gonna put them on waivers because we we spent too much money like what are you doing be serious so if i'm an i feel bad for we talked earlier the year about a's fans right because remember the a's owner was kind of being yeah he was was kind of talking down to them I, i feel just as bad for angels fans i mean they had two of the best players in baseball over the last, you know, four or five years, and they got nothing to show for it. I'm, I don't blame Otani for whatever reason it is. He he cleaned out his locker and, and got out of there. See what they did with Rendon? I don't like Anthony Rendon really, but they just – apparently he had like a fractured tibia, and they were just kind of like sweeping under the rug or like hiding it, not making the announcement. So Rendon's pissed at them too. He, he hasn't been good. He's been an injury play guy his whole, whole career pretty much. But – then so they, they have that problem then you have it's just one thing after another they yeah. kind of otani now leaving you know they actually are doing the right thing by giving mike trout an out if he wants it um so yeah it's just what a what a trash run organization and the fact that eric that there's a potential for him to leave there's a potential for otani to leave and the angels are not going to get anything but a comp pick nope like that to me like you had the opportunity you you knew in your heart of hearts that like you, you have to, that that was like a, like a angels goggles decision that like, I'm only going to look at my team and say, like, if we add these pieces, we can be relevant, but not looking, not, not taking the, you know, the aerial view of the whole organization and going, okay, we've got Babe Ruth. We have the opportunity. I mean, you could have had the opportunity to literally reset your franchise. 
mm-hmm. and get guys that were major league baseball ready and, you know, fill out your farm system. Cause I'm sure the hall of prospects that you could have gotten would have been whatever organization was going to give up to be able to get them. They were going to give up top prospects. They were going to give cause those guys are all unknowns. I just, it, it, it just speaks to how poorly run they are. Right. And yeah, exactly. The fact that, you know, Otani is probably going to leave. He's probably, my guess is that if, if there's a dark horse team that I think might be on his radar, it's probably the Mariners with that, with all the connections that they have back to Asia with the owner being, I, I, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure the owner is somehow related to Nintendo and, and that, you know, mm-hmm. that pile of money, uh, but also the connection that that fan base has in Asia already established with Ichiro. Um, so that wouldn't surprise me, but it also wouldn't surprise me, you know, if there's a team, you know, in New York that just, you know, opens up the pocketbook and just says like, here's a billion dollars. Yeah. I mean, I, I could definitely see it. I, I, I don't realistically see, see the Phillies uh, being in contention for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Yankees are, are now kind of like, I, to me, a dark horse team for it because of the year they've had, right? Yankees fans are so spoiled. And I love seeing it on Twitter because like at one point <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were like one game above 500 and they're like, that's it. Blow up the whole franchise. Like they, and I love seeing it actually. Sorry, Yankees fans. But um, it's to me, like they have to do something because they're not used to this. Like, I don't think they can have two losing seasons in a row without people losing their minds. So, and they have the money for it. So I could see them being in on it. I hope it stays. Uh, I, I hope he stays in the AL, though. Yep. So Mariners or or Yankees, I'd be fine with. Um, so the interesting with, thing with the Mets was, you know, I think they kind of shot themselves there uh, a little bit because they said they're really not going to be contenders in in 2024. And Otani's like, I'm not going to waste my time anymore. He's going to want to win now. And I think the Yankees do have the pieces, if healthy, to you know to to have put together a good season again. Uh, the Mariners were seeing it right. They're like. I, I would say they're they're like a little bit worse than like Phillies territory. They're a really good team. The rotation right. is probably one of the best in baseball. They they're just missing like one little thing. And Otani's not one little thing, right? He would be the guy. And then you have him, Rodriguez, uh, Castillo, like it, just a, a crazy team if he goes there. But is their market big enough to pay for that? That's the only thing with Otani in Seattle. So. We'll see what happens, but it should be interesting yeah. to see over this. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious to see what happens. And then the other piece of that puzzle, right, is the, the Angels now give Mike Trout the out to be able to seek a trade in the offseason. But I got to imagine with the way that his health has played out over the course of the last couple of years, his value is not nearly what it was, you know, three, four, five years ago. If there is an opportunity to bring him in, even if he plays 90 games, 100 games, I got to imagine that what you would have to give up prospect-wise is not, is not going to be a ton as, on, on the caveat that you take on his salary. If you say to the Angels, cut and dry, we'll take his entire salary. And it really just amounts to just paying him I got to imagine that the prospect pool that you would have to give up is not nearly as much considering what you would take on. If you take on his entire contract and it just means just paying him, what he would bring into that lineup, is it worth, is it worth it for whatever you would have to pay him for the next, you know, handful of years? So that, and that's kind of where I've been back and forth uh, with, with it because, you know, he's, I feel like every year he's hurt multiple times, but I, I, I was just, I actually had his, uh, his player uh, page up here for, for this exact conversation. And so he hasn't really played, he hasn't played more than 120 games since 2019. Uh, you know, 2021, he played 36. He played, he's only played 82 this year, but I'm also looking at his OPS and this year is his worst OPS since his rookie season, and it's still an 857. I mean, the guy is still productive when he's when he's on the field, but the problem is, is he's getting paid so much money. He would be productive, but I mean, is it worth paying him you know, for the, the rest of that contract to play half a season? 
I don't know because then you're taking a spot away from someone else who is productive all the time, right? He comes in here, um, Mark, someone's going to lose time in the outfield. We have Marsh for, you know, uh, still under team control for a while. Center field is a spot we have a lot of guys. Maybe to help bring down the risk of injury, he could play, he, he could move to potentially just DH and that'll give him some time yeah. off a little bit. But then what do you do with a guy like Schwarber? Then Schwarber's out there in the field every day. I, I, I don't know. And I guess a lot of it will depend on what Harper does, if he's able to go back to the outfield or if he's just going to stay at first first base DH. But I, I just think at that point, obviously when he's productive, he's still a pretty good player. But I just think with the amount of injuries building up with him, event by the time you get to – like I think every of these, every one of these long contracts, we're going to be kind of miserable by them, uh, yeah, by, by the very end of them. But – do we want one more of those? I, I just, I don't know. And it's tough because Mike Trout was for the longest time, the best player in baseball. And then Otani probably took that over in the last couple of years. They were both on the same team. And so I, I don't want to say I don't want him, but at the same time, I don't know if he would be worth the value that we have to give up for him. Here's what I'll say at the end of those, if the, if at the end of, you know, the, the, those, all those 10 year long-term contracts. If we're sleeping in the bed with a couple of world series trophies, totally I'll, I'll go down to the ballpark and watch old, old, you know, old Trey Turner, old Bryce Harper, old Mike Trout. I'll watch them all uh, because I'll probably be, if it plays out the way I think it might play out, we'd be sleeping or, or, you know, going to bed with the, with the multiple world series t-shirts. Yep. I'm good. I'm good with it. Yeah. Right, before we go into yep. uh, final thoughts, we got to talk about the umpire stuff real quick. Cause the situation last night with Bryce Harper and then at bat and you know, the tweet that you put out was like completely on par. So I'm going to let you take the stage on this one. Cause this was, this was horrible last year, last night. So I just want to preface it. I'm not really in favor of robo umps yet, but it's getting to the point where all I want is accountability with umpires. Every other job in the world, you have to answer to someone. Who in God's name do umpires answer to? They can be the worst umpire. Angel Hernandez, how he has a job. Did you see the other night? He he had 82% correct. I'm like, that that's okay on like a, a test, I guess. But I mean, you're you're umpiring for a major league billion dollar organization more than a billion you know, multi-billion dollar organization here and you can get 80 percent of your calls correct and then the other thing where you get the freaking head cases here who think that the the, the game is about them i remember saying uh, last night was the most fired up i've been since ryan howard got thrown out by scott barry uh and, when he okay. was a rookie and i still hate scott barry to that day i think he's actually pretty decent up now but i still hate him i still hold that grudge because he threw him out in a game in a meaningful situation harper comes up now so it's actually came in and, and, and actually uh, got on base a couple of times, but okay. Harper probably, he, he, he threw the bat, he threw the helmet, right. Whatever. That's not even when the guy threw him out. Harper then turned around to say something to him. And that's when he throws him out. You can't throw out players at just at your disposal. It changes the outcome of a game, especially in September when the, when you're in the middle of a playoff run here and the guy's not going to answer to anyone. I also read a tweet this morning that said after he threw him out, he missed 10 or 11 calls that could have went the, that, that could have went the Phillies way. Now, again, balls and strikes, sometimes it matters in a big spot. Sometimes it won't have any impact, but he's, if you're a bad ump and you're, you're thinking you're the center of, of the universe, just get out, just get out. Cause I have no more, I have no time for these umpires and their egos and major league baseball needs to put someone in charge of just, just basically holding them accountable. I, I just cannot stand having people who are not accountable for something. And it drives me insane. I'll get off my soapbox now. No, you listen, soapbox is completely warranted. And I'm going to share the screen real quick. Cause if you do not follow the umpire scorecards on, on, on Twitter, you are missing out because what I think this does is gives us a place of accountability. It, th this is where you look at how this affects the game, right? Those, those missed calls, right? You're talking about 96% accuracy, which is mm -hmm. what Pretty you good. want out of the umpire, right? But you cannot take it personally, right? If if a kid in my class is is yelling and screaming at me, it's probably not about me. It's probably about something that happened before. 
you can't take it personally. Your job is to call the game. He did not get in your face. He did not scream at you. He did not yell at you. He was frustrated. He was frustrated because a call that you make affects the rest of his at-bat and, and doesn't give him the, the opportunity to keep his game, to keep him in a game that's meaningful. And that is not your job. Your job is to make sure that you are playing meaningful baseball. If you're not going to do that and you're going to take things personally, it's not about you. You're, you're umping. You're there basically as the referee. You're there to make sure not to, to make sure that the game flows, that it's called accurately. But it's situations like that that I think only project forward to some sort of robotic strike zone. And now, like, and some of these, some of this is technology driven, right? Because 10 years ago, there wasn't the box on the screen all the time that constantly showed you when it's mm-hmm. in and out of the strike zone. You have the AI tools now that are, you know, even showing that that simulation of where the pitch crossed through the strike zone or didn't right after the pitch happens. This is information based. We now know where those pitches are. I feel like if that if that square was or that box was not on the screen as the game's happening, we don't have the, the we I feel like we wouldn't be nearly as affected by it. But mm-hmm. we do. And now we are aware. So it's like you have to find some kind of balance to be able to say, like, we need to use this in some way, shape, or form, because otherwise you're only going to get situations like you had last night. Mm-hmm. I just, it, it just, it, it's mind blowing. But yeah, again, if you, the, the, the umpire scorecard account is incredible. Um, and it really does go through a lot of the different, it, it not, not only tells you about like the missed calls, but like where they were in the game. So it really mm-hmm. does give you some context that like, you know, the, the, the call, you know, one of the missed calls is in the bottom of the sixth with two outs and a runner on first and a two, two count, right? Those are like, that's like a big huge difference. spot. Yep. Those are big pitches. And the fact, like, if that pitch that was a, like the, the pitch that I'm talking about, if that pitch is called a strike, that's, that's the end of the inning It's done. Yep. But that pitch is called a ball and now leads to more runs for the, for the Cardinals. You can't have that happen. That's not right. okay. Yeah. So box. again, it's the only job. Yeah. It's, it's the only job in the world where you don't answer to anyone and you get paid. Sign me up and, Sign and you're up. wrong. Nothing happens. Listen, final thoughts on our way out the door. It's a beautiful fall weekend. Great weekend. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, just uh, win baseball games, go. win baseball games. Um, that's all I want to see. Don't make me don't, don't take away my, my joy of this nice weather by having to sit here and watch you lose to the Cardinals. So please win, to, win at least one more baseball game. Yeah. I'm with you. Win, win, go outside, go enjoy the, you know, go enjoy the fun. I'm sure the, you know, my kids were hot on putting all the fall decorations in the house this week. So like they're, they're ready for it. They're ready for uh, all the stuff that fall. It's my favorite season. It's the hoodie shorts combo mm-hmm. that you know, is probably <laughs> one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, so you know, just just enjoy the weekend. And uh, before I jump out, Eric, gotta you know, say a, a, a little cheers to my wife. We're gonna celebrate 18 years today. So uh, congratulations! Yeah, shout out to her. And uh, you know, we'll try to figure out a way to celebrate and enjoy this weekend. But um, yeah, just excited to you know, to kind of see what this fall is, and you know, just uh, be able to you know take care of the family, take care of everybody, and just uh, look for those wins. There we go. All right. On the way out, Eric, you let them know where they can find your stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, I uh, fired up and that ball's out of here are, are the two two spots I write for. Um, with school coming up, my, my writing schedule has uh, – I've not been writing as much, but I'm trying to get back on that now that, you know, all the craziness of the first couple of weeks are out of the way. So uh, I'll write there. I usually post it on my Twitter. Twitter handle's right there on the screen for you. So you can find it there. All right. On the way out, go Phils. Go Phils. This is the Broad Street Line, where Philly sports fans leave all of their sports hot takes. 
Call 267-405-3062 and show us your passion for Philly sports. Don't forget to tune in every Wednesday at 8.30 when we listen to your live reactions to the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat. Hey, hey, listen to this guy. How, tell me how you're feeling here. You're screaming. I am stoked, baby. You're screaming like it's still the game going on. Oh, we're talking about the fightings here. The fightings. Said. Said. Should 